Hey everybody, welcome to My Town Hustle. Today's episode is going to be an idea session. We're just going to chit chat about some ideas we have for small towns, your small town, our small town, etc. And we're going to see if those ideas have legs. Yeah. Stay tuned. Welcome to My Town Hustle, where we take an in-depth look at the people, policies, and processes that make small towns work. Focusing on trends in urbanism and creative economies, My Town Hustle explores the ideas that make our community special. So sit back and enjoy the show. All right. Welcome, everybody. My name is Jared Perry. I am back in the saddle. He's back. Baby baby on board now, officially. Um, we'll chit-chat about maybe baby Reed later. Um, but I am here joined today with Sam Tootin of Sixmo City Services. What's going on? And now we're, <laughs> we're yeah. missing Brett. We are, no, no Brett, Brett is gone. Brett is under a COVID lockdown. No. Uh, he may or may not have been exposed. Uh, the, the family did. Uh, we did receive a text before the show yes. that they did. Uh, everybody tested negative, which is good. They so, are COVID free. Uh, they're still, I think they're finishing out their, yeah. their two weeks or whatever. So, Which, which means we're COVID free. Which means we are COVID free. Yeah. Word. So that's... <laughs> <laughs> I, I didn't think of that till just now. Yeah. I am, I am, I am, I am healthy. Although I got his text, uh, I'm on in route to a wedding, and mm. that they were quite possibly exposed, and I was like, well, I guess I'm going. <laughs> Cross state lines Cross state. does not count, right? Yeah, it doesn't zip count. codes, yeah, or area codes. Is that what Ludacris says? Yeah, it, area, yeah, codes, yeah. area codes. But <laughs> so don't don't tell the governors that I. <laughs> Jeez. was exposed and crossed state lines. Uh, we're probably just lost a bunch of listeners now. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay. So today we were going to just have an idea session. Yeah. Um, kind of got this idea that we, sh- we should start having regular episodes, like every couple of episodes, you know, yeah. where we talk about ideas and we just, we flush them out because sometimes at least, you know, for me and business or, you know, startups or whatever the case may be. Yeah. It's nice to hear other people talk about an idea yeah. and then come up with all of the positives about it, all the negatives about it, maybe the ones you didn't think of. Yeah. Um, but you get to you get an opportunity to kind of learn without, you know, having the failure, if yeah. you will. Yeah. I I think there's there's nice things about that to where you can uh collaboratively discuss those, you know, and especially when you're a safe place to where you can uh, handle the criticism, mm-hmm. uh, both receiving it, but also delivering it when it's not your idea. And I think that's what makes ideas. Ideas are ideas. You know, they're not f- fruitful things until you put them into place. And I think. Or before- have other people tell you that they're stupid or yeah. that they, you know, that mm-hmm. has legs. I mean, I've been told ideas uh, that I've had are, are stupid and then it turns out they're amazing. And then I've had ideas that people tell me are amazing. They've turned out to be really stupid. Yeah. Right. To your point, creating a safe, safe space for an idea, the best way you can create a safe space for yourself when engaging someone else, I don't care if it's an idea or talking politics, religion, whatever. Right. Just be okay that somebody might disagree with you. Yeah. And that they might not think the way that you do. Yeah. That's the best way to, to create a safe space is be safe from yourself and what's going on inside your head. True. And not be, you know, we've got enough emotional infants out there in the world. We don't need 
Yeah. If we can eliminate one by not being one ourselves, yeah, we'll be in a good spot. That is definitely true. Um. Okay. So I think I'll kick this off. Let's do it. Um. Specifically, we want to talk about small towns. Yeah. Small t- ideas related to small towns, local issues, or local. Yeah. Uh, if if you were a if you were if you had the wand, right? You could wave the wand and just say, we're, "This we're going to do this." Yeah. In my town. Yeah. What is that? Yeah. Um, I'm gonna. Ha- I I yeah. I've had an idea since I came back. I've, I've pitched it to uh, a couple of people, and they've all told me it was a great idea. Yeah. Nothing's ever came of it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I've been in some idea sessions, you yeah. know, with a uh, an initiative here locally yeah. on. You're trying to come up with a new comprehensive plan, you know, who we are, who we want to be, et cetera. Yeah. And um, it, it just seems like everybody goes in a different direction Yeah. Then, than just picking something real small and real simple and then basing everything else on that. Yeah. And I think that's what a comprehensive plan or a mission in a comprehensive plan is supposed to be. Yeah. So if I were the person creating a comprehensive plan for, say, Marietta, mm-hmm. right? I've often said Marietta's number one asset is charm. Yeah. If it were me... Everything in the city of Marietta would be would revolve around one thing and one thing only, and that's children. Everything would be about kids. Yeah. How can we make this my my first mission? If this is a comprehensive plan, uh, in my first five years, mm-hmm. I want to be known and recognized at a state level as the most kid friendly city in the state of Ohio. Yeah. That's my five year plan. Yeah. My 20-year plan is I want to be known nationally mm-hmm. as the most kid-friendly city in the United States. Yeah. Now, that is a big, hairy, audacious goal, yeah. right? That yeah. is massive. Yeah. But if you said that's my goal, then every single project, whether it's a parks project, whether it's a, a street improvement, a complete streets project, if it's a bike path, if it's... Uh, if it's infrastructure, yeah. if it's a school levy, et cetera, everything you'd have to come back to and center yourself. Is this is this going to help our mission? Is this going to make us a more kid-friendly city? Yeah. I don't care w- about anything else. If we've got, hey, we want to, you know, the Dora District. We had an episode on, on Doras. Yeah. All right? If we're going to implement a Dora, I'm going to make sure that there is a place where families can yeah. go inside of that. Mm-hmm. I would, you know, probably Main Street would be the one to kick that off, yeah. obviously, because yeah. our door district is going to overlap with, you know, where where they hang out the most. Yeah. So how can we create this place for people to come that have kids? Because mm-hmm. if people have kids, typically they're going to be able to, to sp- spend money, yeah, buy things, et cetera. Mm-hmm. And they're probably not going to want to buy booze. They may. They may. You know, but they, they need a place to go as well and it yes. not be excluded you know, from that door district. So I would, I would certainly do that. Um, if we've got, uh, projects downtown and how can we make our downtown, you know, a more desirable place to be quite simply, how can you make yeah. stroller mamas want to, want to be there? Yeah. You know, what makes somebody want to get out of their car, walk over there and hang out? Yeah. Um, park pu- projects. Yeah. Public art does that. Public art does that. Yeah. Yep. We talked about that, you know, in a previous episode too. So everything, if, if it were me, if I could wave a magic wand, our comprehensive plan would revolve around how to make us the most kid-friendly city in the state of Ohio. That'd be my f- five-year goal. Yeah, twenty-year would be 
the most kid-friendly city in the United States. And, I mean, you got to be aggressive with it. Yeah. You know, the time frame on there mm-hmm. would put the impetus behind actually getting things done. Yeah. Putting plans in, having plan, yeah. you know. Having any plan. And then figuring out how to execute that plan so that you can achieve your goal. Yeah. Um, so, I don't know. What, what are your thoughts I, I, I love it, and I think you can, and I've told you before, you can include both family-friendly stuff with things that uh, people of age who have children can also enjoy outside of their children. So the Dora was a great example to mm-hmm. where, you know, you can have it, uh, obviously, you can walk through town. Uh, whether you wanted to have a drink or you do drink, even if you don't, that's okay. We want you to be able to walk around, push push your baby through town, feel safe. Either not experiencing those things or experiencing them at the same time. And then also, if you don't have the children for the night, you as a you know thirty some uh, year old man with with your wife, you know, can have a date night and you can enjoy those sure. things. Yep. So I've always said that you can. Uh, a city should persuade uh, and try to grasp the lifestyle of those age people. And I think kids is definitely one of those avenues into that. My thing is more about walkability. You make your community walkable, mm-hmm. uh, eliminate the need. Which could be a part of kid friendly. It, it is. Quite frankly, yeah. Any street project you have on there, uh, bike lanes, uh, it's safe to walk, push, ride, whatever, and you're not dependent on the car. Uh, because in that, your public space then grows, your public environment grows, that uh, you can have maybe a kid f- activity center in this pocket little of uh, your downtown. And yeah, children's can, museum or something, yeah. Yeah, or you can, they have a little play area um, along the path that every once in a while, you know, as you walk and you push, that you're going to eventually get to this part and maybe take a, that's where you take your break. Your kids can play, wear off a little more energy, you can sit down. Uh, and experience and witness and hear the lifestyle of people around you, you know, whether they are the uh, of age people, but their kids are out, but they're out having a drink. Oh, hey, what's up, Jared? Mm-hmm. You know, and I think well, even for the older generation, you know, I look at it as when we're on the bike path here and whether we're our kids are on scooters or they're in the stroller, you know, there's always uh, senior citizens, you know, sitting you know, yeah. on benches, you know, looking at the river, you know, enjoying a meal, whatever. Yeah. And they'll all, they, I mean, if they're not looking at our kids, they're looking at other kids. Yeah. Senior citizens love hearing kids play. Yeah. I mean, I don't know one that doesn't. Yeah. Um, so that's a, that's a definite, like, uh, place for an overlap. You yeah. know, if you're going to have yes. some sort of, you know, I look at our, our, What's it called? Pioneer Park? What's a park called, right? Beside Putnam Bridge. Uh Muskingum Park. Muskingum Park. That that park is a it's a nice grassy area, right? It's yeah. very open. But as far as like inviting, yeah. It's really not inviting. No, there's it's just here's some open grass. Oh and a couple of monuments. Right. Having some other things in there, I think oh. that would be part of the comprehensive plan if I were to have one. And I think that hits on a note of small communities out there or maybe historical towns like Marietta that still want to and still very actively uh, advocate for historical things, right? So we have this Muskingum Park. It has this monument, right? There's this outside there's a group of people actively looking to to enhance it, uh, preserve it, et cetera. 
but look at that as who does that benefit? Benefits everybody. Everybody. But the, but the ultimate goal is for tourism. It's not for your everyday maybe resident. I grew up here. I've been around the monument. I've read it. I've looked at it. I'm done. Mm-hmm. I understand the significance. I appreciate the significance of it. Don't care to go look at it or read it again. Yep. And be, because I live here. But what would be more in, in exciting for me is to see maybe there's an opportunity here I could go uh, sit or I a uh, nice little uh, built-in incline to where it's more relaxing to sit. I got a view of the river. I can have, you know, this or that. Or there's a little play area for uh, a child of mine to go. And I know there's a restroom or a well-kept facility nearby as well as the trail. You can have elements of both. And I think that's always important when we plan for stuff is to have elements that you build on your charm. You build on a characteristic of your community. You enhance it. You embrace it. But you also give people who actually live there a reason to to visit these sites. A hundred percent, because when you live in a historic town, sometimes you feel like you're living in a museum. Yeah. And I think people get so, you know, I I, I sit on the historical board. We've talked about that. And sometimes I hear other people, you know, talk about, you know, preservation and Mm. whatnot of our downtown, et cetera. You know, this town was was meant to be lived in. It, it, we yeah. we we cut down trees. We built buildings to have dominion over this land. That yeah. is that is what humans do, right, wrong, or indifferent. That's what we do. Yep. We're not. This isn't. You know, we don't need to put plastic sheets and covers yeah. o- on our town. Yeah. Like it's meant to be lived in. It's meant to be developed. It's meant to to change and to to accommodate that next generation. Yeah. Otherwise, you know we should look at becoming the next Del Boca Vista. Yeah. You know, a retirement community. Yeah. If we want to encourage people to come live within the city limits, we got to give them a reason to come live within the city limits. One would be, you know, we talked about, obviously, uh, you know, you're talking about complete streets and walkability, et cetera. I'm talking about everything. Yeah. I don't care what you do. Uh, a housing stock is another one. You know who's gonna sure. who's going to buy a bigger house, a growing family, or yeah. or renovate and expand on an existing house, a growing family. Yeah. Um, who's gonna? But at the same time, who's gonna move into downtown and rent an apartment? Not a family, but still meets that margin to where they can come here, mm-hmm. grow, start their career, downsize or downsize, but I'll always have the opportunity to move up. Yep. It's equal. It's an equilibrium between all yep. of it. So, no, no, that's, I I like that. I I like that, that point too, because having more livability, walkability, et cetera, in our downtown core, uh, I think would only, would only add to that because younger generation, you know, I'm, uh, I don't know, I don't even, I think I'm a millennial. I'm probably a quasi Gen X millennial somewhere in there, but I don't feel like it. I feel like a baby boomer trapped in a 35 year old's body. Yeah. Well, (laughs) but to be fair, millennials get a lot of bad rap. It's the Gen X, I think it's, or Gen Z. Gen Z Gen is Z. the young, young. The Gen Zs are, are what give millennials a bad rap, yeah. you know, with the TikTok and all that. Like, <laughs> I don't, I don't. With the TikTok, TikTok. we sound like baby boomers. Yeah, that's dude. <laughs> but, but anywho, you know, everyone, they just want to say millennial. They don't want to say the actual, who it really is, yeah. you know. I'm not 22 and, you know, being an influencer, right. you know. Yeah, but anywho. Um, okay, so... What's another idea? What's another idea that you would have uh, that either plays along with this? We talked, you know, kind of about uh, schools. schools. You know, that would be another one. Passing a school levy so we don't have a 
a school. Um, our schools, a majority are from like 1940s yeah. and 60s vintage. Um, so I think that would, would help encourage it. But that would go along with the mission. Yeah. Right. And we don't have um, a city school, so to speak. We have no. a district. District. Okay. School. So there are people outside of the city limits that, you know, encompass that district. Yeah. So I, I, those and it's don't cool. align exactly, and, but they're, they're very, very close. Yeah. Um, and I think if the city made a push to vote that through, mm-hmm. then obviously that would uh, align with, yes, it would align with that, with the, with, objective. with the short and the long term objectives. Yeah. Yes. Um, I got another one, unless you got one. Um, based off those, um, I think there, there's so many different things. Let's real quick. Let's go look at things about children. You know, even we we had an episode about annexation. You know, when we discuss the growth of your city, you know, not there you're going to have pockets. You've we've gone through sprawl. We've gone through kind of an unplanned growth of a community. Every, I feel like every city has. Um, because there's been the downfall of sprawl, the downfall of, you know, job creation and, and growth and, and where it is and uh, where it's at mm-hmm. in cities. I mean, we're fortunate of 14,000, but you look at other small little pockets of areas that we know, like Whipple, Lower Salem, that had a... Yeah, represent, baby. Represent. <laughs> had these little rural kind of t- uh, incorporated areas that have a one main street that probably had everything you ever needed and you didn't need to ride into Mar- you know Marietta uh, Marietta was their big city you know right um, but I think you're gonna have opportunities where it's it's still it's still relatable for kids so you want to grow and provide a utility or you provide a service for a community if it's going to create jobs or if it's going to provide a new housing market uh, or in an area, Obviously, you want to make sure that it's going to meet those needs, and I think it, I think it always does. Mm-hmm. I think as long as you shoot for that, you're gonna you're gonna yeah. aim it. I, I would say, kind of as a balancing thought, if if we're in a, if we're talking about a city like Marietta, right, small rural communities and of many needs, right, yeah. annexation would be on my very 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 tiptoe unless I'm yeah. bringing in a boatload of yeah. taxable income. True, solely because I'm going to have to lay out so much cash just to extend utility and do all of those things add police fire yeah. which are just an absolute drain yeah financially absolutely um i love police brothers a police officer love fire uh, definitely it's a needed service right but fiscally speaking yeah there it is an a monumental drain on our budget yeah it's every huge. year yeah and and not just our budget Every small town's budget. Everywhere, yeah. So um, extending that, and unless we, you know, righted our ship yeah. here first, I probably wouldn't do that um, right out of the gate. But you bring up a good point, you know, what you were talking about in infrastructure. I was thinking my second idea is I've always kind of thought that Marietta could use, um, you know, a Chip and Joanna Gaines. Yeah. Or uh, there's another couple on. Uh, oh man. HGTV. I can't. I think it's called Small Town or something like that. Yeah. But there's there. Yeah. L- long and short of it is, we have such beautiful homes. Absolutely. But they're very tight together. Mm-hmm. You know, all these were double, triple, quadruple lots at one time. Farms. You know, in town. Yeah. And then just got sold off over time, and a house was built on it, and now homes are built. You know. 
my house is built right on the property line on mm. one side. Yeah. You know, if you tear it down, you can't build it back. You know, <laughs> you know yeah. that's going to be a much more narrow yeah. house, yeah. Uh, you know, if you were to do that. So uh, if somebody were to come in, buy a couple of homes packaged together, you know, uh, renovate one, demo a couple, and build much bigger homes. Yeah. Um, and I like carriage houses at the end when, when you have an alley in yeah. between two main drags. I love carriage houses on the inside. What would be the inside of those? Yeah. Uh, we have some friends in, in Indy and Indy's got a huge, like just segment of people who rent carriage houses. Yeah. And I think it's, if you were able to renovate a home, right, you're going to be looking, pushing in that, you know, upper 200s, lower 200s, you know, up, low 300s maybe Yeah. of these homes or higher, you know, depending on the style of finishes you do. But having a carriage house, building a garage in the back, I think most people around here in small towns want a garage yeah. off street parking. They do. But having an extra revenue generator up there mm-hmm. because we have a college not all of them stay on campus. Yeah. So having, you know, people that, that come and might rent off you, et cetera, or rent off, you know, younger professionals or whoever yeah. you're going to rent to. But having that rental income that could come in offsetting your mortgage payment. Yeah. You know, I don't I don't know if a lot of people have thought about that here, but that is having a group of people, local investors yeah. looking for I don't want to call them investors, just local people that want to reinvest in their community and doing so by holding a hard asset in like real estate and then selling that. I mean, typically you want to make 40, 50% on a flip. Um, But if, if you're really not in it for the money, if you're in it for the reinvestment of the community and you can say, you know what, I'm going to do this. And if I make 10%, that's, that's my goal. Yeah. That's my basement. I'm going to make 10%. And when I do it, I know that I'm making the community better yeah i also think in line with that having a an actual big time hud project here mm-hmm. um would be very beneficial i think the housing conditions that i have seen you know now that i'm 35 and have kids of my own I, you just see things that yeah. maybe you didn't see before when i was you know a teenager absolutely um gotta hate to see some of these houses that these kids live in yeah um so having a housing project uh, where these folks, um, and I, you know, I'm not here to debate how they got into that situation. Yeah. What decisions their parents made, uh, if they're trying to get out of it or if they're just a part of the system and will always be a part of the system. I'm yeah. not here to debate that. Yeah. I'm here to say if our goal, if the goal mm-hmm. is to make this the most kid-friendly city in the state mm-hmm. and then eventually in the country, yeah, then... That includes all all children. Yeah, I don't care what bad decision your parents made, yeah. or you know if they're just going to continue to you know to do things in front of you to give you a bad a, a yeah. bad example. Yeah. I don't care. Yeah, we're going to treat you good. Yeah. We're going to give you a nice place to live, yeah. and hopefully, out of that opportunity, you see the outpouring of grace yeah. and humility by these other folks yeah. that you know you want to you want to aspire to that. And you know, Brett and I have yeah. have talked off mic and I think we're going to have an episode here where we talk about yeah. you know a, a show that was done on PBS and actually includes Marietta in it but you know we came from impoverished backgrounds yeah. um and went you know kind of had two different views coming out of that yeah you know 
and I, I, I can't wait. For, I don't want to spoil that episode. No, yeah, it's going to be a good one. But that is, uh, I feel like when people get to see, I was always motivated by seeing what other people have. Yeah. And, you know, really wanting that. It, it, there, there comes a point in your life, and when we talk about that episode, you realize that you, you don't have things. Yeah. There's a long point in my young childhood where I didn't realize, you know, what was what. Yeah. And then as you get older, you're like, Oh, oh, I can't do those things. Yeah. You know, and I want to be able to do those things. And I, you know, what's, so we'll get into that, but I, yeah. I think that a, a major housing project yeah. could be super beneficial. Well, not just for the real estate aspect of yeah. it, you know, cause we got here through the, the real estate part, but again, just delivering a, another significant opportunity yeah. of improvement for our community or any community by, you know, for the children. Yeah. I'm going to hit on that because I think there's two things there. We talk about real estate, but we also talk about that. I grew up that way, um, going to a public school, seeing people live differently than I did. And I'll touch on that as we uh, have that one episode. But that gets back to your idea of a city owning that uh, kid-friendly, advocating actually going out there and saying yes to a school levy, a city, a local government saying, yes, this is what we want. We want this inclusion. We want this growth. We want mm-hmm. every kid to have the same opportunity that they can. So that breaks the mold of society of between rich and poor and separation of, of those classes to where these kids can see more light have better opportunity to break out of the system. Yeah, and you got to be patient. You got to be patient, but because it, it's not like, hey, we're going to make this a kid-friendly city, and then yeah. all of a sudden these these parents of the you know the oh. of the you know middle to to lower class are just magically going to be middle class to upper class. That's yeah. not going to happen. No. It's going to take a generation or so. Absolutely. You know, and not all of them are going to ha- you know just happen right away. Yeah. But it's you got to start. But your, Somewhere. your government on a comprehensive plan then addresses and supports agencies that help with those types of things, with help advocating for children. So yeah. any project that then comes out of that, whether it's small uh, to big, uh, if it's infrastructure, it's a policy, it's a program, it identifies these agencies and groups that say, this is what we want. We want to do this. All right. We advocate. Yes, do it. But here's. Agency A, Agency B, Agency C, that's going to help deliver that goal at the end of the day. So then it becomes, it grows that aspect of society and for the children. And then at the same time, you as a city are supporting a uh, larger aspect of supporting a school that's inclusive for everybody. And then boom, you know, it's it's twofold. It goes one from mm-hmm. the other and down. It trickles and moves around. And, and I'll even, I'll throw in there because I know there's folks that listen to this from all spectrums of uh, the political pendulum. We're not, I'm not advocating, you know, there's going to be different, uh, well, teachers make too much or they don't make enough or, True. you know, whatever. And we're not talking about that. Yeah. If we want to talk about all inclusive um, approach, mm-hmm. I think that includes charter schools, whether you love them or you hate them. Yeah. I think it includes them. Right. And then school choice, you know, those type of things. That's another big boon, especially mm-hmm for the lower class uh, because essentially the upper class already has that. Yeah. Wow. We'll send our kids to Veritas. That's a 
private school here or, or Wood County Christian or St. Mary's like, yeah. or Parkersburg Catholic, you know, we got people on in, you know, Washington County, Ohio, sending their kids to Wood County, West Virginia yeah. for private schooling, you know? So I, th- I think that's a, that's another way that you could certainly institute, um, you know, making it about the children, not, not about an adult. Yeah. Not about a career path or tenure or uh, raises or, you know, any of that. Yeah. This is focus on the children first. Mm-hmm. If That's it. Yeah. And then from there, every decision's got to be made there to support the child. Yeah. Um, I did have an idea within an idea. Oh, I like Inception. This. Inception. <laughs> But it's I'll ba- be Leo DiCaprio. It's back to the real estate, and I guess it's back to Chip and Joanna. It's about uh, carriage homes. It's also about local governments investing in in, in alleyways, right? Mm-hmm. An alleyway is a public right of way. Um, we don't really talk about that. You know, there's paper alleys, which just means it's just it's on it's on on a boundary line, but it's not mm-hmm. technically a, a you can't actually access it. Maybe. Um, either by car or by foot, but picture a nice redeveloped block of from second to third, a nice alleyway, um, all with carriage homes that's paved, that has a proper drainage, that on the flip side, on the street view, you have these new homes, these yeah, that's Redevelop- nice enough re- that you can drive a garbage truck through it so you don't have to put your trash out on the yeah. tree lawn of the historical yeah. Uh, Fifth Street in Marietta, like I have to. Yeah, and it's yeah. and it's pulling, and they're nice carriage houses. They're nice. It's a it's d- it's very dense, and but you could see it from one end to the other. If I was living in that carriage home, I can walk and feel safe as I go mm-hmm. because the alleyway's been treated as a a public right of way, and given yeah. the amenities and the and uh, you don't want it to be a thoroughfare. No, you don't, and right. it won't, and it won't be. It could be a. It, Circumstantially, it could be if if there's something that limits uh, traffic for somebody, and they think it's a cut through, and that becomes a problem. But that's that's you, know, you can't plan for that stuff. Sometimes it just happens, and then you adjust, or you, you know, it's all circumstantial. But yeah, it's not treated that way. And you have it, so it is great to to invest in. It only adds to the population and the density, and gives people. Uh, housing opportunity or rental opportunity same time like if you had the home that was facing the, the main through a fair you know you feel safe you can rent it out you know back behind there is good people and it's safe and it's protected and it's treated not like it's hidden you know yeah. it's hidden but not treated that way i think is is a great idea and one that's actually probably maybe an idea but also in, an incentive to to look at redeveloping alleyways i like that yeah yeah, yeah redeveloping alleyways but I thought you were going with the the carriage house. You know, if yeah. you were able to, I I think as long I think as long as it, you had the property and it was laid out and structured that way, to where maybe the carriage homes weren't there, but the alleys there, the lot size is there. That you then look at your zoning, you look at your restrictions, and you're used to be able to allow uh, people to to then build that, and whether or not you give them incentive to do it. Um, you know, now they have it, and and like you said, most people probably want uh, a garage or want to be a, have off street parking. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe they don't because that alleyway is not developed. Maybe they don't because they don't they can't 
put a garage back there um, without going through the rigmarole of variances and and, sure. and everything like that. Um, and but again, I think now we that's a comprehensive comp- plan, comprehensive, right? Yeah. So in the comprehensive plan, you can look at things like zoning. Yes. Zones. Zones. You can look at you know things like variances and and go through that legislative piece again yes. and say okay. Mm-hmm. If the goal here, one of the the goals is to raise the median, you know, income yeah. of you know, X acres of real estate, yeah, and also to create to free up some real estate to put a centrally located, um, you know, HUD housing project, yeah. Um, we haven't even talked about. I mean, we talked about walkability. We haven't talked about public transit. No, you know, I think that's another aspect that. If we were this this town, you know, ours specifically, and I'm sure any any town westward, um, any small town, was most likely laid out like Marietta because Marietta was the blueprint for westward expansion. It was. Um, you could have a loop. Yeah. Where our hospital is mm-hmm. relative to our downtown, um, you know, what was the economic engine at the time? Mm-hmm. You know, when it was laid out, those things they haven't really changed. No. So. You're going to have, I can think of the loop, you know, anybody who's here can think of going down front street Mm -hmm. all the way past, you know, Montgomery and up to the hospital and then back down third and you're, you're downtown. I take that way home. Yeah. So uh, I think that's, um, I think that's pretty fruitful. Uh, What else you got? I know you had talked one time about, it was off mic a couple months ago, but you talked about, um, having, uh, the reinvention or, or bringing back small neighborhood markets. Oh yeah. Okay. And, yeah. and kind of shops. I'm trying to talk about that. I think I could also segue seg that segue that, excuse me, into the annexation of growth of community, right? So when you target uh, pockets of areas uh, in your town, bec- and I alluded to it earlier, because we have been victim of, of sprawl and, moving away and having the downtown not be the economic center, you know, for your community. It's now over here or it's over here. Um, and it, it always goes back to zoning. <laughs> but I think I pulled an article on my LinkedIn that had um, restructuring your zoning residential districts to include um, a market, a, a commercial corridor uh, for, uh, the opportunity to have a restaurant, have a uh, diner, or have a salon, or even have a little market, because you're going to be able to walk and move and uh, experience that uh, attribute more than you could if it's just all residential homes, sure. right? So. You're relatively close to downtown, but if you're just maybe a couple blocks further, if I was over on Washington yeah. and Fifth, yeah, which is probably a mile or so, mile and a half, probably yeah. half to three quarter, I would say. From, I mean, it's from where seven. It's it's at least four or five blocks. Okay, I think it's sure. a seven hundred block. I'm not sure. Okay, seven hundred, eight hundred, but but yeah. what? But that's a good. This is a good example. That's about that far away from our downtown. And we were just from my house from and my house. house is a couple of blocks from downtown. Yeah. So you do have a little, there's a couple commercial buildings there. Um, there's a park because there's an elementary school on that same street. 
There's like just, an IT repair shop. Yeah. Yeah. Just just picture. I've thought about putting a uh, a little coffee shop, bakery, or a little wine bar. Honestly, yeah. a little urban winery. Ooh. Right there in that right. building. Like if that ever came up for sale, I think that would be that because the frontage is so good on it. It's very good. This is for anybody that's listening that's not in Marietta. You're like, what? The, what yeah. in the world are they talking <laughs> about? But uh, look up Washington and Fifth Street on yeah. Google in Marietta, and you'll kind of see the building. Uh, that yeah. I'm talking about with the frontage. Yeah, right. Um, the if that ever came up for sale, that would be a, a just a great place for a little coffee shop and a little wine bar with you know either light orders or just say you know what we're not even going to put a commercial kitchen in here. Yeah, you know we just allow outside food. Mm-hmm. You know, and you can just bring your own food and you just buy. If nice. you want to sit at a table, you got to buy a bottle of wine. Yeah, some. Yeah, and you enjoy yourself on the evening yep. because nearby is a public library. Nearby is a public playground. Nearby is residential homes galore. Yep. You know, so you give back to these pockets of communities. I mean, that's the churches. Lot. If you feel bad about what you you did, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. If you, yeah, you can go <laughs> on your way. Home. Do your amens and you know, and hail marys and all that good stuff. But I think you know there are so many pockets of communities because of sprawl. If we give, if you can identify those, you you can make it so each one's intriguing like you're, it's going to hard going to be hard to compete with your downtown um and being residential but right i don't think you're trying close. to yeah, you know not, you're not at all I, I love that idea by the way i love that when you said it and now that i'm thinking about it and we're talking about this this kind of um you know real estate redevelopment you yeah. know kid-friendly yeah. ideas are flowing i can see it. what i don't want it to turn into is like mm-hmm. a, a housing development yeah uh, that's people if you've got that that that's not what i'm talking about no. right i'm just talking about taking two homes that are basically sitting on top of each other or three homes that are sitting on top of each other tearing down two of them mm-hmm. and renovating you know a massive renovation um to get things that like you were talking about earlier that maybe uh younger people who are younger starting a family uh or who are already here and older, but they got a massive family. Yeah. Um, that just four bedrooms, three and a half baths, yeah. open concept kitchen. You know, yeah. we've got, you know, the housing stock in this area is 1800s to early 1900s. Yeah. Really. I mean, that's where a lot of the housing stock in the areas we're talking about. So it's, it's very chopped up, you know? So how do you, how you do keep you? the character on the outside, but make it so that, you know, this looks, it's functional yeah. for an, a modern family. So I, I like that idea. I think being able to. But you also, you also provide a little bit of an urban core, like in these residential pockets. I think you and provide community. You do. That, that's what you're, you know, you're going to see your neighbors at, at the coffee shop or at the park you yeah. know, because it becomes more walkable. And yeah. to Brett's, you know, he's not even here, but I, I guarantee he would say, you know, we rely too much on cars. Yeah. Right. And yeah. that, that would mitigate that yeah you know because people are kind of you know hey you want to go downtown tonight yeah i just want to have a chill night we'll go over to the wine bar and then maybe yeah. you know start a fire you know around the fire pit you know yeah. later this evening that's boom boom that's what we're talking about so i grew up on harmer hill so if you just google that it's up on a hill obviously on the western side of marietta uh it was a i'm a block from a fire department i was a block away from a gas station block away from a used it was a bank and of course had a drive through but that's since been gone but i also grew up and lived right next to retirement or nursing home rehabilitation home whatever you want to call it 
but now there's a uh, a ice cream shop mm. right up there. So I didn't know that. Yeah, Frost. Uh, I don't want to butcher the name. Uh, Frosty too. There's like one in some uh, surrounding cities. Wow. Um, but my parents go there. Frosty two. Frosty two. Frosty one. Frosty. Frosty two. I'm probably way butchering it. I think it's frosty something, but it's it's good, you know. It's and my parents go and they'll walk up or they'll mm-hmm. drive and get it and That's come awesome. home. Yeah. And I I think for me that experience, you know, I've never seen things that I never I was able to grow up around other things that weren't just all residential. So it gave me that sense of community. It gave me that sense of place to go. That but that gas station is where my bus stop was. So, you know, you get to meet, it's just, it provides that back. And even the Frosty shops there, it would be nice. There's right next to the gas station or empty office buildings. If that was something that's almost a good example, you could do a wine bar. There's people up there and going out. That's a, cause it's kind of a pain. Honestly, if you're a harmer, you're not walking downtown for sure. No. Um, if you you walk down into harmer, yeah, that's a trek to get back up there. I mean, I've done it. Several se- several nights when I was in college yeah. and home visiting, coming from That's downtown, I'd I'd walk like home. <laughs> well, you know why I'd walk home? Because it would be quicker than waiting for a cab here yeah. in, here in this town or any public transit. I yeah. I could ask my parents for a ride, but I didn't want to bother them at two a.m. So I'd walk home. It's Marietta. I felt safe. I could do it. Yeah. You know, it's it's a stigma that I've broken for a long time in myself. Is I can I can walk anywhere I want to around here, but. Same time, yeah. You're not. You can easily not leave that hill if you didn't want to. If you had little pockets of stuff to go see, yep. go do. It's. I, I think that's what you 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 target too. Na- neighborhood pockets of communities, um, within your within your town is is a great idea. Are there sidewalks up there? Um, there is down Alta, which is part. What about of, over by Veritas, over by the school. Is there uh, sidewalks back that way? I don't think uh, there are. On on the o- other side of the street, there's none. In front of the school, I believe, but there is one or two. That's Alta that leads you there. Six. But seven. there's a, there's a there's, there's a, a pocket of homes up there that have not that are not made walkable. We talk about Devola no, all the time, yeah. not walkable because oh. there's no sidewalks. Oh yeah, that, that's those are all post. You want homes. people to be out and about? Put a sidewalk out yep. there. Yeah, honestly. And if you don't want people walking in your front yard, go buy a couple acre lot out in Waterford or Beverly or wherever. Yeah, you know. Yeah. You, I mean that just that again, you can't cater to the people who aren't going to support your vision. Like yeah. you just you got to be comfortable taking a few people off. Yeah, and so. it's going to be the ultra minority. It is of people that are going to be upset about having a sidewalk where people walk and yeah. you know enjoy themselves. And if it's an active community where they're already doing that, like Devola. I would Were they say, already walking on the road? I would say yeah. you'd, you'd have probably support a majority support of people who'd right. say, "Yeah, I would love a sidewalk right there," because they they fear, and I have the fear. I don't. There's a street I don't particularly like to be on, uh, so I just avoid it. Let's talk about what we've uh, have talked about. Yeah, idea wise, kid friendly, kid friendly, a short term and a long term. Like make it. I don't care if you're in, you know. Blandville, Kansas, if that's yeah. a real town. Yeah. Like, how can you be the most kid-friendly city in the state of Kansas? Yeah. And then your goal is to be the most kid-friendly city 
in the United States. Yeah. Period. Because even if, quite frankly, even if you're not. Yeah. Right. If you have all of these amenities yeah. and you've built all of these things, your yeah. tourism is going to increase just locally. Yeah. Because we're we are with a an hour and a half to two hour drive mm-hmm. from a major metropolitan area. And I say major metropolitan, that's sixty thousand plus. And that's a low number. Okay. Yeah. But sixty to, to seventy thousand people more than one, to be fair. Yeah. Pittsburgh, Cleveland, Columbus, Charleston, Charleston. West, West Virginia. Right. Yeah. But they're all two hours away. Yeah. So all of the other towns, you're either going to there mm-hmm. if you want to do those things. But if you had this kid-friendly, you know, just area. Yeah. And the whole town was made of it. And you had multiple things to do. Yeah. Um, yeah I just I just feel like you'd get more local traffic than what you, than what Marriott has probably hung its hat on, which is antique shops for mm-hmm. a, a very long time. I think you'd yeah. have... A different, it'd be a different crowd, mm-hmm. but I still think you could cater to the needs of the folks, um, you know, that that made this town what it was. Yeah, and not only that, you can uh, things that are currently kind of like new or um, uh, amenities that you can use outside of the historical part of it, which for us would be outdoor outdoor recreation. Merida has a large uh, map uh, trail uh, network. Um, we're surrounded by. Uh, a national forest. So, you know, those things then get populated up because they're already kid friendly to do. You're already advocating that you're kid friendly. And yep. so people are coming here to do what? They're when you go on vacation, if you're going on a family vacation, you're looking for something everybody can do. Yep. So can you go ride your bike outdoor? Can you go hike? Can you do all those things with your kids? Yeah, you can. Could you go do some mu- museums and learn a little bit? Can yep, you do that? Got that. Check. Do that with your kid? Absolutely. Yeah. So okay. That, so kids, we talk about real estate. Real estate. Walkability. Talk, walkability. Of course, with real estate, we did the alley redevelopment. We talked about Chip and Joanna. And then we talked about- I Love uh, me some Chip and Joanna. Love Chip and Joanna. <laughs> and- uh, not, a, uh, and not a great fan of Shiplap, but uh, yeah. love Chip and Joanna. Yeah. No, yeah. Shiplap. No, that's, we're, we're, that's tech. For all you Texas <laughs> listeners out there, you keep them, all right? Uh, we don't want the ship lap here, but uh, and then uh, neighborhood uh, revitalizing like small pocket neighborhood communities. Yep. Um, with mixed use, uh, are some ideas, and of course, you know, I think those aren't uh, new ideas. You know, uh, we are taking an idea uh, and tweaking it that best fit best fits our community, right? right? And that's the point. And I always hate hearing um, communities or city officials or administrations who say that can't work here. Well, if it can work in other communities in your state, you can't. You got to give me a really good reason why it won't work here. And if people think it'll work here and it has legs and it has movement, you better give it a try. Because yeah. if it's doing good for somewhere else. It, and it's doable. <laughs> They've done it, right? You can't just say, "Oh, we can't do that here." Can't. That's someone else did it. You should at least try to be able to do it. Don't just say you can't do it. Yep. So I think I think those are all good things to start off on the idea. Yep. I think we're gonna do this sesh. Couple of every couple of episodes. I think it'd be good to get Brett in here and mm-hmm. get his two cents because uh, he's got some kiddaroos too. Yeah. Um, and just just what what. If he had his, his magic wand, what would he do? Yeah. You know, 
um, and maybe get some other guests in here yeah. kind of chit chat about that but uh, yeah. that's going to do it for today yeah. um, if you've enjoyed this episode you know share it with somebody mm-hmm. um, we love to see these numbers uh, each episode each week you know we just keep getting more and more listeners uh, very grateful for that so um, thank you and um, yep. if you found it fruitful if you found any idea, you know, yeah. here that you want to take and run with, you know, by all means, go ahead. Uh, hit us up. Support at mytownhustle.com. Or, uh, if, or if we had an idea that your community has done, yeah, show us how. It's or we missed one. Yeah, show us how it's been done. We'd appreciate that. Yep, yep. Um, if you haven't uh, liked or subscribed or given a five star review yet to the p- podcast, we'd appreciate that. That helps us advance our mission here at My Town Hustle and and gets the word in front of people. Uh, But I think it's going to do it. We'll see y'all next time. Thank you for listening to My Town Hustle. We would greatly appreciate it if you would share our podcast with someone who you think would benefit greatly from it. But most importantly, subscribe and leave us a rating and review on iTunes, Spotify, or whichever platform you consume your podcasts. It would mean the world to us. Until next time, folks, thanks for listening.